0: Uh, welcome, for those of you that uh, this may be your first time here, just want to say welcome. I'm Jay, I'm the lead pastor, and we're just uh, so excited to be able to get together today on this Father's Day. And uh, while, yes, this is Father's Day, and this is definitely going to be a Father's Day message, uh, at the same time, I don't want uh, just like half the room to tune me out because it's Father's Day. All right, this is a message for everybody, and let me kind of start with with this question that applies to every single one of us and it's this, what kind of difference do you make? What kind of difference do you make? What kind of difference do you make in your home? What kind of difference do you make uh, in your workplace? What kind of difference do you make at school? What kind of difference do you make at uh, church? What kind of difference do you make? And would people say that you're a positive influence? Or would people say maybe that you're a negative influence or a bad influence? I know this is a bit of like a tough question and, and one to really ponder for a second, and I hope you really do. I hope you, you take this question and you really think it through and you, and you really ask yourself what kind of difference can you make? Because all of us, hear me, all of us have influence. In some, in some way, shape, or form, all of us have influence in, in some facet of our life. Well, today is Father's Day. We're going to be talking about a lasting legacy, a lasting legacy, and I do want to challenge the dads, uh, those of us that are dads that are here, dads are fathers, father figures uh, that, are, that are here, and I do want to call us all up in that regard because the world needs it. The world needs godly fathers and godly men who have influence to step up in this world. We need it. Um, we need it now more than ever, but in all honesty, this message is for all of us. This message is for all of us. And, and, and this question that I began with is something that, that can apply to all of us in, in many ways. So it was probably about 20 years ago now. I think I was either my first year in art school, maybe might have been my senior year. I, I don't exactly remember, but 20, 22 years ago, somewhere in there. And uh, I was still living at home. And the house at the time, we had... Uh, so if if you're looking at the house there's the front door and then there were two garage doors like this. Um and they were kind of single car garages uh that were there and then when you would come into the house you would you would have to kind of go around and the living room was was sort of back here. And um my mom and I were going I don't even remember where we were going but but we left for the day and uh, and before we left my dad had made some sort of comment along the lines of uh yeah you know we really ought to just Take the garage and turn into a living room, and uh, and mom's like, sure, sure, let's let's yeah, we'll we'll do that. So mom and I leave, and uh, and we come back at the end of the day, and I'll never forget this because she hits the garage door opener and the garage door opens, and we start pulling in to see the back wall of the garage gone, <laughs> like gone gone, and my dad's standing there with a sledge. And my cousin, uh, Clint is standing there next to him as well, who does construction and things like that. And he's like, hi, you know, um, the wall's gone. And we're like, okay, like now what, you know what I mean? And so (laughs) dad wanted more room in his living room. They, they love having people over. If you know my parents, they're very hospitable people and, and love to have people over love to entertain, but, um, but they just love people. And that was a big reason of, of why the, he wanted to do that. Um, they did talk about it a, a little bit more after that. There were some more conversations that happened um, and, uh, and some things. Uh, but in, inevitably, the, the living room got, you know, was, was finished there. Um, but, you know, the, there's more to the story than, than that that I'm going to share in just a little bit. Because the difference that that hole in the wall made... To other people had eternal implications. Had eternal implications. And this principle of making a difference and making a difference in other people's lives is something that rises right out of the portion of scripture that we're going to look at today in the book of Joshua. And it's something that is going to, that, that actually applies so well to Father's Day because the difference that we as dads or, or as father figures um, the, the responsibility that we have, the, the ability to influence and to push people towards Jesus is something that we shouldn't take for granted and something that, that we should really step into. And so if you do have your Bibles, whether you're physical Bible, go ahead and flip to the book of Joshua. If you've got your digital Bible, go ahead and scroll to the book of Joshua. And uh, And we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4 today uh, in the Old Testament uh, and let me give you kind of a little uh, setup um, here as you're, as you're turning there. You can also follow along online in the, in the Bible app. You can follow with the notes right there if you're, if you're not already there. Um, the, uh, the children of Israel are now coming out of their second exodus. So the second exodus, and they've spent the last 40 years wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. And during this time, though, during this wandering in the wilderness, though, God has taken care of them through his goodness, through his mercy, and through his grace. He's, he's taken care of them. And it's, it's God's intention for them to not stay in the wilderness forever. Um, so let me just sidebar on that, on that thing for just a quick second here and say this. If you might be in this season of life right now, whatever's happening in your life right now, and you feel like you might just be, I'm wandering aimlessly in the wilderness right now. And, and where is God in this? Let me just say that his intention is not for you to wander aimlessly in the wilderness forever. He's got a plan and a purpose for whatever season of life you're in and for wherever you're at right now. He's not, his, his goal is not for you to just keep wandering around and wondering how long this is going to last. He's got a plan and a purpose. And sometimes the reason for our wandering in wilderness experiences and seasons of life are because there are things we need to learn. And there are things that he needs to show us. And sometimes we get in our own way and we can't truly see the goodness and grace of God. And that's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. It's why they wandered around for so long. They were there as a result of their lack of faith. And god had great plans for them he he wanted to bring them into the promised land and this is actually the the land of canaan and that's the story that we're going to be looking at today is them going into the promised land and, and what exactly happened there and and joshua here he is the leader that takes over from moses joshua is the one who god ordained and said that that you're going to take them from this point on and move forward and this is really kind of the the miracle and and the story of of what happens there but this has such big implications for us as well. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 beginning in verse 7 uh, if you want to follow along with me here. It says this, and the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the ark of the covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. So the children of Israel, they, they knew that they were going to face some difficulties. They knew they were going to have some tough times while they were uh, heading into the promised land here, and they were going to have to fight some battles, and there were going to be some giants in the land, if you will, and, and, and it seems like they just immediately run into their, their first obstacle here, and this was a surprise to some of them, um, and, and the fact that they were up against some of these, uh, some different things that were happening, and they, they come up against the Jordan River. And, and it just amazes me, I guess, that, that they were so surprised and so wondering, God, what are we going to do? Because at this point, if you've read anything or, or you know anything about the story of them leading up to this point, God had shown up in so many amazing ways up to this point, yet they're still going, oh, no. Yeah, and it just blows my mind. I mean, the, the Red Sea parted. They had uh, the pillar of fire and the cloud that they followed, the manna and the quail that God provided, and water coming from a rock to provide, all these different things. And yet they get to the river, and they're like, well, what now? And I just, I don't get it. At the same time, though, I think, I think back about myself and I think about all the times that God has shown up and provided in amazing, miraculous ways. And then I get to the next obstacle, and I go, what now? Don't you do that as well? Don't, I mean, we all do it. And so we could sit here and make fun of them a little bit, but at the same time, man, gosh, we've got to look at ourselves and realize that we're, we're just like them. Now, you can imagine, as they did look at this river, it was uh, springtime, and we're gonna read this here in a second, and biblical scholars tell us that the river, this was not just like a creek, okay? This was not just like some, some river that you go up to that's like the width of this right here. This was like a serious river, and at this time, it was 10 to 15 feet deep, all right? So this was, like I said, this isn't just some little river, this is, this is a, a massive body of water. And there was, again, a lot of doubt happening there, and then the Bible says that they looked at Joshua, um, their God-appointed leader at the time, and, and he receives this revelation straight from God about what they're going to do. And the official instruction was to send uh, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant. It was not Indiana Jones and, uh, and the other guy. It was priests, right? Um, and they were to carry the Ark of the Covenant, and, and when their feet touched the Jordan River that they had to actually get down there and touch the Jordan River with their feet, and they had to be 3,000 feet in front of the children of Israel, all right? So there had to be a good gap there um, that God would part the waters and that they'd be able to cross over, and so they did that. And so without hesitation, they really just said, okay, this is what God wants us to do, and so we're going to do it. And it happens, right? And so God parts the waters here, but he does it in a very different way than the Red Sea, uh, this one was different. While there was the parting of the Red Sea, and that was uh, for, their, uh, for them to escape, right? And this was for, the, for their protection and for them to escape that moment from Egypt. This is the fulfilled promise. And so this is a crossing that, that, ha- that is the fulfillment of the promise. And so God kind of bookends their story with crossing bodies of water. And it's really, really cool how this happens. And so let's jump down to verse 14 here. It says so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge the water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon. yeah while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground. And while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. And so we see the faithfulness of God here once again. And we see another amazing miracle just in time and only in a way that could be God. And this wasn't uh, the crossing of like the Red Sea where like, you know, we think of it, Charlton Heston and the whole thing, and it parts this way. No, this was different. This was so the river flowing, and it was almost like God put his hand and went like that, right? And it just stopped here, and nothing from here on down flowed. And it even says that they walked across on dry land, Okay, so way up in a city, way up there, way further down down river, it stops right there, just like a stone wall, no water coming, dry land. I love the little details, right? The little details of being dry ground that they walked across. I love that that's put into Scripture. And another reason I love it, I love apologetics and, and I love those kinds of things. And you see things on the History Channel, I'm sure you have, where they're saying things like, well, there could have been this natural cause, and this time of year, you know, maybe the ground came up, and da da da. And, and they try to make these kind of, you know, timely things like, I'm sorry, it's dry ground right now. That can only be God, <laughs> okay? That can only be God, something like that. And it's incredible. And so he brings them out of Egypt with a miracle. He brings them into the promised land with a similar one. They walk on dry ground, and it's this incredible moment where God rescues them in the face of yet another impossible challenge, and it is something that should never be forgotten. Yet, God knows how quickly we forget, don't we? I mentioned that a little bit earlier, how quickly we forget and how important legacy and remembrance is to mankind, so much so that we need a reason, uh, we, we need a reminder of things because our brains just don't always remember the things that are important that we really should remember. Let's keep reading. Beginning of chapter four, it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people one from each tribe, and tell them to take up the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, right from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So essentially, he's saying we need to set up a memorial here. God has done something amazing. God has done something great. We need to set up a, a memorial here, and, and we see the value of sentiment and the value of remembrance to God. Now, there are various times that we see things like this throughout the Old Testament, because they did this often. They would say, this happened here, and so, we, and so it, from here on out, it was called this. And this happened here, and from here on out, it was called this, which means that. And we see that in various places throughout the Old Testament, but this, this moment was different. This moment was different because he wanted to, to set up a memorial here. And so, jumping down to verse 20 in chapter four, Says, and Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this. So that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So Joshua, then he's, he tells them that the purpose of these stones was for when the next generation comes. When the next generation comes and they say, what in the world are these stones for? What, what, what is this pile of rocks happening right here? that those that experienced the crossing, those that were there during it, would be able to tell exactly what God had done in their life. They'd be able to tell them exactly what God had done in their life, and God wanted them to experience this miracle for sure, but it was not intended to just stay with them in their own hearts, but rather to be passed on to the next generation, and the next one after that, and the next one after that, and the next one after that, so the glories of God are not forgotten. I love that this is the week that our students came back from camp. So appropriate in that because of the investment that our church has made over the years back from when I was a youth pastor and and even moving forward now our church has always been so amazing and supportive of our students. And I thank you so much for the way that you are and the way that I know that our church body, our church family, loves to invest in the next generation and that's what the new building is all about. That's why it is more than a building because it's about investing in the next generation. It's not just about brick and mortar and this was not just about rocks, it was about what it really meant. It was about the goodness of God and it was about what God can and will do and it was about him fulfilling promises and we are going to see God do amazing things in that building when it's done. God is gonna do amazing things through there. And I love the fact that these students have come back and, and that we invest in them and they see the goodness of God and they see and have amazing godly people in this church to look up to and to know what God has done in the past and now they have amazing things that they're going to be able to talk about not not only from what god did at camp but then what's going to happen at mission akron and all those things moving forward and to be able to brag about the goodness of god and the glories of god so that they're not forgotten and so it needs to be in our life today this principle still stands true today because it doesn't matter your socioeconomic standing here on earth god has called every born-again believer every one of us to a place of spiritual leadership. Hear that, hear that for just a second. Maybe, that's, maybe that scares you just a little bit, but, but it's the truth. Every one of us, if we, are a, if we are a follower of Jesus, we have a place of spiritual leadership. So let me go back to my original question here. What kind of difference are you making? What kind of difference are you making? What kind of impact are you making? What kind of impact are you making while you're still breathing God's air? Let me ask it this way. What stones are you leaving behind? What stones are you leaving behind? Today is Father's Day for sure. And dads, yeah, I'm straight up talking to you. No doubt. What kind of difference are you making in your home? Could it be maybe that instead of proclaiming God's truths and and pointing to the stones of remembrance, that we're pointing to things like athletics, that we're pointing to things like uh, academics, or we're pointing to things like financial success, or we're pointing to things like entertainment. Uh, Leaving a legacy means that you're passing on something of value and of worth. And don't get me wrong, I love all of those things as well. But those things are fleeting, those things are temporary. Those things can only take us so far. And, and they can be enjoyable. They can be at times noble. And I'm, I'm not saying they're completely worthless or anything along those lines. Don't get me wrong. But let's never forget to leave our children the things that matter most, the most important realities of this life and the next, and those have to do with Jesus Christ. And so may each of us leave behind some stones that are memorials of the goodness of God so that when the next generation comes up and asks, what are those? That we can tell of spiritual truths, that we can tell of truths from scripture so that they can in turn pass it on to the next generation after them. Let me finish the story about my dad's living room for a quick second. Because while it did get completed, Let me tell you his real reason for doing it. Let me tell you his real reason for doing it. He was having a Bible study in there on Saturday nights. And there was high school students and and young adults that were coming to it. And it started with just a few of us. Turned into 30, 25, 30 students coming every Saturday night. And it was getting too packed. It was tight. It was getting tight in there. And he didn't have enough room, and so he said, you know what? I'm going to put the kibosh on that. And he looked at the wall, and he prayed about it, and he knocked it out. (laughs) (laughs) And he knocked out that wall. He knocked out that wall, and, and from that Bible study, from that Bible study, in that living room have come four pastors, a few youth leaders, a couple of worship band members, and probably more that have impacted the kingdom of God than he will ever know about. Because he ripped out a wall. And when I think about my dad, and I think about my dad's living room, I think about the faithfulness and the goodness of God, and I think about what that room really means, and I think about the things that, that God did in that room and that he continues to do in that room to this day, because he still has a life group that meets at his house. Sometimes they meet out on the back porch, but sometimes they meet in that living room, and you know what, there's plenty of room for everybody to come. And the work that God did in there, it has impacted more than my dad will ever know. And it's impacted you as well, and you didn't even know it, because I wouldn't be here right now had dad not knocked out that wall. And neither would my wife. We need to leave a legacy in our home. Dads, moms, grandparents, aunts, uncles, those of you that have influence, father figures, we need to leave a legacy in our home. And I'm not, if some of you go home and knock out a wall tonight, it is not my fault, okay? It is my dad's fault. Um, But that's not what I'm saying. And and you know know what I mean by this. We need to leave a legacy in our home. Too often, we attempt to make a name for ourselves outside of the home and we do a poor job of, of making a name for God where it really matters most. And so dads, let's take this challenge. Let's be the kind of leaders. Let's be the kind of leaders who leave a legacy in our community, in our workplace. Yes, all of those things but more importantly, leaving a legacy in our home about the goodness of God. So may each one of us, dad, mom, grandma, grandpa, uncle, aunt, father figure, may we carry the responsibility to lead the next generation into spiritual growth. We are so committed to it here as a church, that's why we're building that building. It's one of the many reasons that we're building that building. It's why we're investing in the next generation because we're called to, because we have to, because we must, because we're focused on filling the streets of heaven. The children of Israel, they were only able to cross the Jordan River because they listened to God's word. They listened to God's word, and it, and it didn't make sense to them at the time, even though all of the previous things that happened didn't make sense to them either, but here they were again, And it didn't make sense, but they didn't question, and they just went. And they did what God told them to do. Thinking of a better way to get across the river, I'm sure there were some people standing there saying, ah, maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. But the right way was God's way. And we do that. We look at the circumstance, we look at the situation, and we think we know better. But the right way was God's way, and it's not always the way that makes sense to us. But it was only after they followed the Ark of the Covenant... And the Ark of the Covenant, it's really just an Old Testament example of the presence of God. Because it's the presence of power and power of God that that was the power coming from that vessel. It wasn't the vessel itself. It was the power of God. And they were able to experience a miracle in their life again. And each of us should be challenged today to leave a lasting biblical legacy with the generation that is behind us. So my connection point for the morning is this. We are all, all called to lead the next generation toward Jesus. All of us. We are all called to lead the next generation toward Jesus. If you're a teenager, look at me. There are those younger than you that are looking up to you, that are looking to you, What do they see? If you're a young adult, right back at you. What are the teenagers who are looking to you? What do they think of you? What example are you setting? If you're a dad, what kind of example are you leaving for your family? I know these are hard questions that make us squirm. I get it. They need to be asked, and we need to be challenged, and we need to be reminded because we forget about the influence that we can have and how much it truly, truly matters. If you're an adult in, in here in, in any kind of circumstance of, of leadership at all, and quite frankly, all of us are in some way, shape or form, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, there are a host of people looking up to you. There are people looking up to you and watching your life and watching the pattern that needs to be followed. And I think there's a lot of people in this world that need reminded of that. There are a lot of people that have influence over our students, over our young adults, over our kids that they are looking to. And are they seeing a legacy of the goodness of God or are they seeing some of the filth of this world? It's up to us, church. We've dropped the ball in a lot of ways here. And God's calling us up to make a difference. Every single one of us. We can be the kind of leader that God wants us to be. And yeah, being, being a leader, it can be terrifying, trust me. But each Christian, no matter, how, no matter how much influence you think you have or don't have, no matter what your status in life is, you are called to be a spiritual leader where you're at into the lives of the next generation. And the stones that we set up in our lives should point to the miraculous work of God in our life. you bow your head with me? I hope that you're challenged right now, but at the same time, I hope that you're also encouraged. Because God wants to use you and wants to use me to make a difference in this world in ways that nothing else can. There is somebody in your life that you have influence over that you can either point to God and influence the right way or you can point the wrong way. Sometimes we do it unintentionally, we're not perfect. We're not gonna be perfect, that's why we need Jesus. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can make an impact, we can leave a lasting legacy. There can be stones set up in our life that when people say, what are these stones for? You can talk about the goodness of God and you can point to your heavenly father who will never leave you, who will never forsake you, who is always there for you and always has your best in mind, whether you think he does or not. So you may be in a a place where you're feeling discouraged, where you feel like you're wandering. Trust me, God doesn't want you to wander forever and his plans are not for you to wander forever. He will make a way just as he's done time and time and time and time again. And maybe you just need reminded today of the legacy of God in your life. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, we need to start there. God created you to be with him, and it's our sin that separates us. And it's because of the love of Jesus, it's because of the sacrifice of Jesus, and because he rose again on the third day that we can have eternal life and we can have that relationship with him that can start now and last forever. And so if you want to know more about that, if you want to pray about that, I would love to talk with you, pray with you. You can meet me down front here. We've got, um, we've got people that would love to sit and talk with you and pray with you. I would love to as well.
1: If you're online,
0: you can go to connectchurch.xyz next and find out more. But dads, leaders, influencers, God is calling us up to make a difference in the lives of those around us. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity we have to get together and to come together and to worship you and to praise you, Lord, and to be challenged and changed by your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would just move in a powerful way and that you would call up the dads and the men in this world to make a difference in this world as as you've called us to do. But Lord, all of us, Moms, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, we all have influence. We all can make a difference in this world and those that we are leading and those that we are influencing, whether, they're, whether you're a teenager, whether we're, we're um, a, a young adult, Lord, we all have influence and help us to take that seriously. Help us to be able to point to you with the legacy of our life. Father, I pray that your spirit would just continue to move in a powerful way and again, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that you would move in a powerful way, that they would not leave this place, that they would not sign off the website until they know for sure. Father, I love you, I thank you, I praise you. I thank you for being a good, good father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.